are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get 20% off your next order. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, and if you're listening here in the state of Arkansas, or at least in the region, probably covered in snow, which is awesome. I kind of enjoy it. Um, But hopefully you're staying safe and staying warm during this time, and it looks like we're probably going to get some uh, crazy, crazy weather here in the coming days as well. So again, everybody be safe. But what a weekend it was. Arkansas gets the victory over Missouri and just, ah, oh, doesn't it feel good? It feels good not to get swept by Missouri in football and in basketball. And it, it just was, whew, I feel so good. I feel, I'm in a great mood. Uh, that happened. Like, the snow happened. Uh, weather is, is fun. Baseball is going to be starting up. I mean, it just seems so fun right now. And the best part about it all is that Arkansas basketball, men's basketball, for the first time since 2018, is ranked in the top 25. They're number 24 after their victory over Missouri on the weekend in overtime, 86 to 81. And I, I, I'm just, I'm just thrilled. This is exactly what we were all hoping to see. This is exactly what we were wanting out of this team to showcase that not only are you a tournament team, but you're a team that is forced to be reckoned with in this conference. You're not just going to get in on the hair of your chinny chin chin. You're going to get into the NCAA tournament because you're a dadgum good team. That's what we have all been wanting to see, and that's what we're finally getting to see. And in this game, I, I just it was so stressful. <laughs> Let's be honest. It was a stressful game because I felt like when Arkansas gave up that four-point lead at the end of regulation, they were going to lose this game. I, I really thought that that was going to be the case. But they powered through. They got back on track. They battled through adversity, and they made it happen. And I think one of the coolest things about this game was not only in the way and form and fashion of when they won, but also some of the stats surrounding it, too. Like, first off, Arkansas, in giving up three-pointers, has not been really good this year. They've given up quite a bit. And against Auburn this year, or in the first game they uh, they played in Bud Walton Arena, Arkansas gave up 15 three-pointers to them. 15. That's their season high. Against Kentucky, just roughly a week ago, Arkansas gave up 14 three-pointers to Kentucky, their season high. And then on Saturday against Missouri, Arkansas gave up 13 three-pointers, Missouri's season high. But you know what the common denominator in those games are? Arkansas still won. I wish I could explain it, but they still won. And you don't want to keep playing with fire. You don't want to keep having games where you're giving up the season high of three-pointers for the team. But what you do want is to keep winning even in spite of that. In spite of when the other team is playing great, playing their A game, you're still winning. And that's what another thing people need to realize. And think about that. Arkansas did not beat Missouri because Missouri had their worst game. Arkansas did not beat Kentucky because Kentucky had their worst game. In fact, Kentucky probably had their best game. And in a lot of cases this year when Arkansas won in the SEC, it has not been because the other team has played the worst they have all season long. Quite the opposite. They've actually played their best. But Arkansas has just played a little better. They've made the right plays. That's what you want in a good team, a tournament team, 
a team that not only can make the tournament, but also make a run in it. And right now, Arkansas is playing at their highest level. You're getting guys healthy. Justin Smith looks like he he's back in order and back in action and feeling good. Moses Moody's phenomenal. Connor Vanover starting to come into his own on offense. Devo Davis is always there to make a play or two with high energy. Like, they're coming together as one. And they're making it happen, and I could not be more happy. Like, I could not be more thrilled for this team and for the fans and for everybody that's been watching Razorback base basketball. This is what it's all about. Now, coming up in the coming weeks... Arkansas does not have a very favorable schedule. In their final five games, they're going to be playing Florida on Tuesday night at home, which is big. And Florida, I think, I guess they're a tournament team. If not, they're right there on the on the on the bubble. They're ten and five, six and four in conference. They've played a lot of games, but you have them. You have Texas A and M on the road, which Texas A and M is bad, but they're not even playing games. So maybe they'll uh, find a way to circle back and fire, play, or start playing some games. You got Alabama at home, LSU at home, and then at South Carolina. Hawks can go four and one. They can. I think they'll beat Florida. I think they'll beat AM and South Carolina on the road. They have to split Alabama and LSU. I think it's too much to ask for them to win both of those games because that would be a tall order. But if they split those, they finish four and one in the regular season. Assume who knows if that other AM game will get made up. But you finish four and one there. And all right, we'll, we'll just say for the sake of AM, say you get to play them again and you beat them again, because again, AM's not a good team. But you got five and one. Five and one. You know what your record is in SEC play? Thirteen and five. Thirteen and five. You know what your record is overall? Twenty-one and six. That's a lot. It's asking a lot. But who's to say it can't happen? And thirteen and five, by the way, is the same conference record that Arkansas had in Bobby Porter's and Michael Qualls year in conference play. You're hitting your stride at the right time. You got to keep building on it. You got to continue to get better from it. But it's going to be an electric final closeout to these games. Be on the lookout. Enjoy it, folks. And hopefully it keeps going strong because it's so much more fun to do this podcast when Razorback basketball is winning at a high level. We're going to be joined actually by Tom Hart of the SEC Network, who was on call for Arkansas, Missouri, had some interesting things to say uh, about Arkansas and about the conference itself, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. And even though football is over, you still got NBA, you got college basketball, and you got the NHL. It's all in full swing. And you can even do award shows, TV shows, reality shows. I mean, they, they pretty much have anything you want to bet on, you can bet on it. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And betonline.ag also has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It is the best place to place your bets and the best place to sign up for free. Can't beat that. Head to the website and use your mobile device and sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. And be sure, folks, when you go there, use promo code Locked On. That's how you'll receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, I got a very special guest coming up here with uh, Tom Hart of the SEC Network. Does a great job calling games, and he's also uh, he's got a big personality, and he's always fun when he's on the call. And he was on the call for Arkansas and Missouri, uh, and it's uh, it was kind of cool to have him on there for that game because he always has brings a lot of excitement and energy. So it's good to have him on. So without further ado, let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Tom Hart of the SEC Network. 
Tom, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, it's snowing here in Arkansas, but uh, what's the weather looking like out there where you're at? Well, that's a pretty good Al, Worker, Al Roker impersonation. We're good right here, man. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, temperature in the mid-40s and rainy, and I, we're not supposed to get touched by, uh, by any of that, that mess that y'all are sitting through. So thoughts and prayers, and, and I'm, I'm sending warm auras your way. Uh, well, we appreciate it for sure, Tom. And uh, there are a lot of things that we want to discuss with you. Obviously, the Arkansas-Missouri game, that was a wild game with a wild ending. Arkansas getting the victory, and it was much needed, especially as they needed some Quadrant 1 wins. Uh, just what did you make of that game and that matchup, and what do you make of the Razorbacks at this point in time in the season? That's a huge win for Arkansas. You know, it's a, it's a weird season when you go to Rupp and you win there and you don't get – credit for a quality win you know that's a that's a quad two game right now for Arkansas we all know that it's still tough to win on the road it's still tough to win in Rupp Arena no matter how good Kentucky is but that being the case they went into Columbia without a a real big resume win you know it just the resume looks great it's there's no question it's an NCAA resume but the non-conference strength of schedule because of the way things had to be put together leaves a little something to be desired and they were just looking for that, that one victory where you can not only hold on to momentum, but also turn to the committee and say, listen, this is, we went on the road and, and we beat the number 10 team in the country in their building. So I, I thought that was a really big win for Arkansas. Um, I thought they had some guys really, really show up in, in crunch time. And I think the, the biggest thing I take away from that, and we've known this about Muss's team, is that they're a very versatile team. You know, there was a, a time the way Missouri was depending the pick and roll where Connor Vanover was, I mean, he turned into the go-to guy because of the mismatches they had both on the block and Missouri wouldn't defend him on the perimeter. Um, and that probably hasn't been said very often over the course of, of this season. But Desi Sills had a really good game. Moses Moody is obviously great. And Justin Smith, um, he hit shots when he needed to, although I thought he could have played a little bit better. But all in all, he's just a, a really good win for the Hawks. With Arkansas building that resume, what do they need to do to in this stretch run, besides the obvious as far as winning, what do they need to do um, to kind of keep building on that resume? Well, they'll have opportunities to not just build their resume, but also, you know, start moving up the seed line when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I mean, the Alabama game in Fayetteville is a big one. Uh, LSU coming to Fayetteville is a big one. Florida, I mean, there's A&M, it should be a comfortable victory, even though that's on the road. South Carolina is very potent. They've got a lot of talent. Um, but that's a game that, you know, you need to win comfortably, even though it's on the road. And so those, those three home games, Florida, Alabama, and LSU, are all teams um, that are either in front of you from a rankings and rating standpoint or your contemporaries. Every time you win one of those games, not only is it quad one to the selection committee, but it, it really improves the per- perception of your team through the eyes of, of the individuals that do the rankings. So I, I think there's huge opportunities still in front of Arkansas. And that's not even taking into consideration, you know, where they could be going into Nashville from a seeding standpoint and, and from an opportunity standpoint. Speaking with Tom Hart of the SEC Network right here on the Cartridge World Hotline, Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. You know, Tom, looking at the SEC, it's been such an interesting year for all the reasons you pointed out. But 
Arkansas right now is tied for second with LSU, and of course they play each other later this year. Alabama's number one in the conference. But as far as where Arkansas, you feel, actually stacks up in this conference, talent-wise, team-wise, do you feel like they'll finish second, third, and just how you see the SEC shaking out, especially in the top five? Well, it's impossible to predict. Um, I mean, Alabama's got a comfortable three-game lead in the loss column. Um, That's almost impossible, an impossible lead to blow. They've been uh, banged up. They got some guys that have been hurt. Um, they're, I actually think they're better than than the way they've played lately. Even though they just absolutely demolished Georgia this weekend, Alabama's only going to get better as they get healthier over the course of the next couple weeks. But then you've got you know three teams with four, with four losses, two more with five, another one with six. And guys, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like going forward. Um, there's the March 3rd weekend where teams can, can make up a game, I think there's probably a pretty good chance that there are multiple makeup windows that week. You know, you could play on Thursday and on Saturday or, or that Sunday if you wanted to spread it out a little bit before you go into Nashville. I think the league's going to play as many games as they can. But the league's going to have some real interesting decisions to make when it comes to which games do you choose to make up. Um, you know, for example, LSU is supposed to play at Ole Miss tomorrow night. That, of course, is now weather permitting. But that's a game that um, that will be LSU's second game at Oxford this season. And I haven't gotten a clear answer as to why LSU would go to Oxford instead of Ole Miss going to Baton Rouge in that scenario. It looks like they're trying to make up these games in a linear standpoint going to the beginning of the schedule and working working that direction. But A&M, I think, has four games to make up. South Carolina's going to have a couple games to make up. Tennessee's going to have at least a couple games, probably three games to make up. Um, and so it, it, it's almost impossible to predict because the schedule's going to get really wonky really fast. And on top of that, as I've always said, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Like the time to play Alabama was last week. They're only going to get better. The time to play Arkansas was probably a couple weeks ago. Arkansas is only going to get better. LSU's on the up. Florida's on the up. Tennessee's not playing well right now. Missouri's not playing well, and they're going to be without Jeremiah Tillman. Ole Miss has a little bit of momentum. Kentucky's going to get better. I mean, it's like it's like what happened with the stock picks a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> I mean, just because GameStop is shooting through the roof one day doesn't mean it's going to have any value the next day. We're going to see so many ebbs and flows over the next couple of weeks. Which team in the SEC has the most work to do where they actually can help themselves in improving their position? Ole Miss. Ole Miss came into the weekend on the outside looking in. Um, they're now putting together a solid resume. Um, they've now got some really good quality wins. They got LSU, as I mentioned, supposed to be coming to their place tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night. Excuse me. And if, uh, if that game happens, it's a winnable game because they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I, think, I think otherwise, everybody else, like the other six that are in the tournament, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, those teams are, those teams are in. Um, you know, they're not guaranteed a spot if they fall apart. You know, LSU, for example, they have a tough time climbing back in. Uh, but I think they're, they're solid NCAA picks. At that point, it just becomes a matter of improving your seed line and wanting to be playing your best basketball, you know, once you get to Indianapolis. Um, 
Guys, Nashville is going to look – I mean, yeah, the bracket is going to look the same. It's, it's going to look just slightly different because Auburn's not going not gonna to be there. Auburn's the only team I would safely bet on that can't win the SEC tournament, and that's only because <laughs> they're not going. Um, I mean, Vandy's got talent. A&M plays great defense. South Carolina is much better than their record. Georgia's got guys that can put the ball in the hole. Mississippi State's got a Final Four coach, and they got an incredible backcourt. You go all the way down the list, and I, I don't know if anybody's going to bet against Kentucky. Just you know, we we know what they are um, historically, and we know what the recruiting class looked like when they came to town. If they can, BJ Boston's been playing really good lately. If they can continue to improve, you know, Kentucky would be a team that you you could put a couple shekels on. I mean, I. I don't know, man. It's going to be. I think Nashville's going to be as wide open as we've ever seen it. We'll continue our discussion with Tom Hart of the SEC Network here in just a second. But, folks, I want to tell you about Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, right? We all know about them. And the thing is, is when you hear me tell you about this, it's not that I'm telling you just for the sake of telling you. I am one of the loyal customers of Built Bar. Uh, they give me all sort of different flavors, and I have them right before every show. And sometimes I'll even do it in, uh, before every podcast if I need that extra boost of energy while also feeling healthy and feeling good. Because it's one thing to eat some of these other protein bars that taste really good, but they have so much sugar and so many calories. It's defeating the purpose. Not Built Bar. It's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. So it's great for all you health-conscious people out there. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Can't beat it. No matter how many Built Bars you buy, it's going to be 20% off when you use the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Definitely going to be exciting. I do want to take you back, though, Tom, to uh, Eric Musselman. And in year two at Arkansas, obviously Razorback fans are excited about him and excited what he's bringing to the table. But in year two, and especially considering how what all the players he lost last year and how he had nine new faces and having to put this all together, are, are you surprised about how quickly he's been able to, to build something in Arkansas where last year they were competitive, this year they're ultra-competitive, and he's doing it with virtually two different teams in two different seasons? Uh, I, I respect the job he's done. I've been impressed by, by what he's done, but I, I'm not surprised. It's a new day and age in college basketball. You can rebuild your roster almost overnight. You can build it one year to the next um, with the propensity to get kids to transfer. He plays a style that's easy. To, I don't want to say nothing's easy in recruiting, but that it's appealing to recruit to when it comes to you know grabbing a guy who, who played at Indiana and, and wasn't going to be the number one guy on the roster, and you go, hey, Justin Smith, we play an NBA style, man. I'm an NBA coach. Come down here, run the floor. We can take advantage of what you can do. You can be a pass first uh, you know, point forward. We can use you in that way. We'll get creative. We'll, we'll give guys the freedom to take shots that they're comfortable with. Um, so it's a very appealing program to come to if you're a player, especially if you're one that's, you know, maybe either been frustrated with your previous stop or you're coming out of a program that didn't get you the exposure that you wanted and you've proven that you can be a, a big-time scorer. So in that regard, it's a different day and age. You know, I mentioned this during the broadcast the other day. When, when Musk got his first GM-slash-coaching job at the CBA, he made – Four trades his very first day. 
four trades. I mean, I know dudes in fantasy football who don't make four <laughs> trades an entire season. And this dude shuffled like a third of his roster. He He's good bringing in talent, and he's good getting guys to play together, even if they might need name tags to realize who's who. I mean, that's that's right up his alley. So, yeah, not surprised by the success and, and only see it improving over years to come. How would you compare this year's Arkansas team to last year's team? Believe it or not, we've had some fans debating here recently if this team is actually better than last year's team. Wow. I mean, last year's team had that that February funk where they lost five in a row, a couple of those in overtime, if I remember correctly. Um, Last year's team just got to be as good as Jones and Joe were. Um, it was a very non-traditional lineup. And I thought I, I was as big a Mason Jones fan as anybody. I thought he could score anywhere on the floor. Uh, when Isaiah was playing with confidence, he could knock him down from anywhere on the floor. But you had Jimmy Witt playing inside. And, and Jimmy Witt, obviously, limited from what he can do on the perimeter. So you could create mismatches when you had the ball, but you're also susceptible the mismatches on the other side of the floor. And so in that regard, you know, you ended up with an an okay defense, but I just thought that they, they just didn't have enough floor balance to be, you know, to have a high ceiling, if that makes sense. Um, Now Vanover comes with his own interesting, you know, limitations as well. I thought Arkansas caught a break when Jeremiah Tillman uh, was held out of that game for Missouri um, because the interior defense with Vanover playing the five at seven three, he's more of a face up guy. Once he puts weight on, he, he's obviously a guy who can defend. We know he can shot block. We know he can rebound, but he can get pushed around at times. So there's still there's still a little bit um, unconventional with their lineups, and that's limiting. I, I would say, given the talent on this team, the young talent, that the ceiling would be higher than last year's team because I don't see the same limitations on the defensive end of the floor. This is a much, much better defensive team than last year's team. Well, Tom, and one of the reasons why, or at least one of the big reasons, is Moses Moody. And we all knew that him coming out of high school, he was a highly sought-after recruit, decided to to come back home to Arkansas after playing at Monte Verde. And uh, what do you make of his game? Because you've been able to call a lot of games in the SEC. You've been seeing a lot of freshmen especially. But uh, what do you believe about him? And do you believe that he is an NBA lottery pick in this upcoming NBA draft? Well, I'm a terrible scout. I will admit that to begin with. Um, uh, there are times when we get to NBA draft day, which I, I wonder if NBA teams even even watch the college games. It's not, you know, what I grew up with, and, and I don't mean to be old man yells at cloud here, but what I grew up with was it was it was fairly obvious. You watch guys in college for three or four years. They were proven winners. You saw what their skill set was, and then they were drafted based on who they were. Nowadays, everyone's being drafted on potential. That's just what the league is, and and I get that. But that makes it really hard for a guy like me who loves college basketball to to project because it's not not what I do very well. Um, I think he's a great scorer. He he's obviously durable. He can play a lot of minutes. He's a good shooter. I'd I'd love you know from a from an NBA perspective, I'd love for him to show me a little bit more from the perimeter in, in terms of you know being a reliable perimeter threat. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all, all the guys that, that I respect that cover the league and that project say this guy's 
this guy's a lottery pick. You know, he's at, at, at the very least a middle of the pack first rounder. And I got, I got no reason to question that. I mean, you take a six, six freshman who obviously knows how to score and he's played against great competition. He knows how to get to the free throw line. He's a good free throw shooter. Um, that's, that's really, really good stuff. Um, most guys, at, I don't want to say most guys, I look at it like a Cameron Thomas, who's going to be a first rounder for LSU. He's a, he's a three point threat and he's a volume NBA shooter. I don't know that Moses Moody is ever going to be that, even though he's shot the three from a, with a decent clip. At at that level, you've got to have a very, very strong perimeter game. No reason he can't get there. All right, we just got about a minute left, so my last one for you, Thomas. I'm sure you saw the celebration of Eric Musselman with the team after the game, uh, ripping his shirt off and getting all crazy with it, which I know is a lot of energy that he has. But my question is for you, Tom Hart. Have you ever ripped your shirt off in celebration or in excitement over any event in your life? I mean, maybe on my honeymoon, you know, I ripped my shirt off. I mean, I was really excited that night. I, I can't think of any other time where in excitement I ripped my shirt off. I know. I mean, I'm not Bruce Banner. I'm not Hulk Hogan. I, it's not, it's not, not, it's not what I do, you know? Um, maybe, maybe I just don't want to have to replace the shirt that I've already paid good money for. Um, that could possibly be it. <laughs> but I, I love. I mean, you got to love the energy, right? I mean, it's it's um, it's contagious. The guys react to it. They want it. They like it. They thrive on it. This season, talking to coaches has been like any other, obviously, and it is a grind because you're playing games in front of crowds and make them feel like exhibition games. So you've got to bring your own energy, and he's able to do that, and it's real, right? None of that is fake. It's it's real stuff. That's who he is, and I think people understand that. Well, Tom, we really appreciate you joining us, man. I know it's uh, it's really fun right now in college basketball, especially in the SEC. Great job on the call on Saturday. Enjoy the rest of the season, man. Hopefully we catch up with you later down the road. Hi, fellas. Be good. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.